When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The radio home of the Buffalo Sabres. Live from KeyBank Center. This is the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Visit your local Upstate Honda Dealers today. Here's your host, Brian Cozio. Seattle able to take the air out of the game after that. My penalty just score a goal. I mean, shouldn't be able to just dominate like that. And then one one play doesn't go our way, and boohoo, uh, sit back on our heels and reel it in. We got to keep pushing forward, and I thought we did that at times, but nowhere near as consistent enough as we should have. And um, thought we lost our our composure a little bit with how we wanted to play the game um, and how we wanted to play on our terms. Uh, obviously, coming away after I, what I thought was a really strong first period, down 2-1, to one, I didn't think we really, uh, I don't know, I don't think we were really like um, too down on ourselves either, though. I thought we had all the faith in the world that we could win this game tonight. and. Um, thought we had a really good shot in the second, and then obviously they were able to capitalize really quickly after us and take the air out of our our momentum, I guess you can say it. <coughs> Sorry. Um, so I guess we just got to do a better job at that. Was Decord the difference in the beginning? He made some great saves because you guys had some great A opportunities. I thought, I thought both goalies made some really good saves, and obviously uh, Decord played really well tonight. Uh, I had a couple great A's that he made some good saves on me, and I wish I could uh, get a few back. Um, it was just disappointing tonight. I thought we worked. I mean, we all shot him, what, 37, 24, or something like that. And I thought there were a lot of really good opportunities, a lot of good chances, a lot of good converge, uh, converging from all sides. But um, we got to clean up a couple areas that. Uh, uh, we took the gas off off tonight, uh, a little bit sloppier than we would have wanted to, and that's what led to the 5-2 loss. Do you feel like it was more missed opportunities from you or maybe opportunities that you gave them that they took advantage of? It's both. It's both. I mean, that can go either one, one of two ways, I think, and uh, we can't let the game get to that point. We can't be like, okay, well, if they capitalize on this opportunity, 
it's going to go their way. And if we capitalize on that opportunity, it's going to go our way. We just have to stay even keeled a little bit more and um, keep a better demeanor and, and <coughs> as, a, as a 20-man unit and not let the, uh, the ebbs and flows of the games really get to us. I feel like uh, uh, we let that happen in the night. And like I said, we had a lot of momentum and then we gave up the momentum, honestly. It wasn't anything that they did too much to us. I thought we did more to ourselves. What's the challenge um, when you fall behind against that team with the way they defend, just trying to chip away at the deficit at that point? I still think we got a lot of great A opportunities, a lot of really good opportunities. It's just bearing down on, on uh, some of those chances. And, um, yeah, Paul said it. I mean, Decord was really good tonight. Uh, he's been probably their best player through this uh, point streak that they have going on. And uh, we weren't able to capitalize on enough opportunities and um, against them. So, yeah. Uh, that's tough, and we probably let them see a couple too many pucks, but I still thought we had some good opportunities and good traffic in front of the net. Um, just he played really well. That frustration in managing, is that one of the Alex Tuck, and we have Jeff Skinner over here. I'm going to yeah, sneak I, over there. Jeff, uh, we talked about it the first period. You guys played 13 really, really good minutes in that period. And it seemed like Seattle from that point on was able just to take the air out of the game. How were they able to do that after you guys had such a good start? I just think we just didn't have enough pushback. Obviously, they're feeling good about their game. And, um, yeah, we just they capitalized on some opportunities. We just didn't, didn't have a pushback. That was, that was good enough to match. Are they a tough team when they get into that mode where they decide, you know, we don't want to skate with this team. We want to try to, you know, bring the game down a little bit and, and you know, try try a tough checking type of thing. Is, is it hard for you guys to play that style? No, I, I don't think so. I thought we had chances. We just we just didn't didn't show the urgency. I think sometimes you go into a game, team's playing well, and I think their goalie's playing pretty well. He's probably got some good confidence. And, um it might not be the second. It might not be the first chance. The second chance. It's you, you just you have to hang around the net, and obviously it, it's it's tough to stay there. It's it's they don't want you there, but you have to find a way to uh, to get there and and make a difference. At the end of the day, was Decord the difference? Because you had some great A opportunities on him. Uh, you guys could easily have three or four in the first period. I mean, maybe I guess uh, I, he made the saves, but I think I think we still we have another level. I think it's, um, yeah, he played a good go game. He's 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 on a good stretch right now, and uh, we did have some good chances. But I think I think we've got more. Defensively, what happened too? I mean, you guys also gave up some great A's to them, which they capitalized on. What happened defensively? Where was it? Just too many turnovers after a while? Yeah, a few breakdowns. They got some guys that that forecheck pretty hard and uh, obviously you got the I don't know if it was the second or third one the PP there um, and then yeah just a, a couple breakdowns I think and, and um, yeah I mean I mean teams that's going to happen I think we, we forced them into some breakdowns and we didn't capitalize and um, they forced us into some breakdowns and we, and, uh, and we, we obviously gave up too many. Thank you, Jeff. Jeff Skinner on the post game. Brian, back to you. Thank you, Paul. Jeff Skinner. Before that, Alex Tuck. Those are the two Buffalo goal scorers. Sabres, though, come up three short as Seattle wins it 5-2. to two. Those are our blue and gold locker room reports brought to you by Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center. Early detection of cancer is our goal. Get in the game 
at roswellpark.org slash WGR. Well, your drive home from the game is brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. Sabres officially hit the halfway mark. Game 41 was tonight, 17-20-4. That's 38 points. 38 plus 38 is 76. That's what they're on pace for. 76. That sounds extremely disappointing. After coming off of a 91-point season last year in which they missed the playoffs by a single point. For all of our local affiliates at this time, we're going to say goodbye to you. If you want to keep listening to the postgame, go to WGR550.com. For all of you listening on WGR or on your way home from KeyBank Center, more of the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame coming up. When we return, we'll get you some highlights. Don Granato will speak. We'll have his live postgame comments. We'll get Paul Hamilton's take. We'll update you on the standings. Halfway point for the Sabres. They lose to the Kraken, starting the six-game homestand with a 5-2 loss. I'm Brian Colziel. Back to KeyBank Center after this. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. You're listening to the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Big hit just inside the line of Bjorkstrand. And a quick pass up for Alex Tuck. Trying to play it back. Bjorkstrand. Early in the first period, a big hit from Connor Clifton. Dan Dunleavy on the call. That's our Clinton Collision hit of the game. Clinton Collision, we are there when you need a repair. Welcome back to the Press Box here at KeyBank Center. This is the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show, 5-2. Seattle victorious. The Sabres had a very good start to this game. Came out and looked like they were going to score a handful of goals in the first period. They only got one from Jeff Skinner. Uh, and then Seattle ended up taking the lead into the dressing room after one period of play. Yanni Gord scored at 13.55 and then done at 18.50. Uh, then Buffalo got it back to a 2-2 game, but then Seattle really poured it on in the second, including right here where we go for our play of the game. We go to the 16-13 mark, and Seattle getting the third of their three in a row in the second from Maddie Berniers. Can't clear it, though. Kept it at the line. Now turned over. Potential breakaway for Alex Tuck. Though. Kept it at the line. Now turned over. Pot- Comes over the boards. Score! Coming down that far side of the ice. As Berniers had the look on Devin Levi. And it's now a 5-2 Seattle lead. Late in the second, Veneers getting his sixth from Will Borgen. That made it a 5-2 game and a bad goal for Devin Levi to let in for sure. Uh, for the Kraken at that point, they really took control, and that is our NOCO play of the game from Veneers. It's brought to you by NOCO, the official natural gas and electric supplier to the Buffalo Sabres. All right, we are expecting Don Granato any moment, so as soon as he steps to the podium, we will take you there live. Let's get in some final stats here while we wait for the coach. It's brought to you by Level Financial Advisors, helping you retire better. Visit levelfa.com. Shots end up 38-26 in favor of Buffalo. Uh, Power plays were limited tonight. Each team just had one. Kraken scored on it. One for one. The Sabres were zero of one. In the nets, Joey Decord continues his hot streak for the Kraken, playing very well. 37 saves, including 18 in the first period where Buffalo played their best 20 minutes. Devin Levi, not his best night for sure. Uh, 21 saves on 26 shots. 
in the loss. Some other individual statistics tonight. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin, a minus three. He led the team in ice time with 25-12. Five shots on goal. Tuck had six shots to lead both teams in that category. Six of the Sabres, 38. Tuck had a goal and an assist. Two points and a plus one in his efforts tonight uh, for the Sabres. Matias Samuelson, a plus two. uh, Second most ice time, 22-48. He had two shots on goal. Dylan Cousins continues to just be stymied. Uh, he and J.J. Paterka are in real scoring slumps right now. Paterka and Cousins each had four shots each. I thought that line generated the most chances out of all of Buffalo's lines. In the first period, I mean, just looking at my notes here, you know, Cousins with a shot, Clifton followed it up. Later, Cousins had a tip redirect that didn't go in. Paterka and Quinn had chances on back-to-back shots on a, in a shift. Paterka hit the post uh, while it was still a one nothing game. So that line itself probably could have had two or three in that opening period of play. Uh, Paterka is right now in a real scoring slump. He, he was, you know, one of the the Sabres' bright spots over the course of maybe the first two months of the year, but he has been uh, quiet as of late in turning the puck in the net. And, you know, Dylan Cousins, man, you know, for as likable as a player as I think he is, um, for a guy that I think shows captain-like qualities, I'm not saying he's the next captain, but I think he shows captain-like qualities, for him to have six goals here at the halfway mark and be on pace for 12 I mean, that is, that is not good for a guy that just got offered or just got uh, awarded a contract that pays him $7 million. Now, Cousins brings a lot more to the table than just scoring. We know that. But you have six at the halfway point. You're on pace for 12. I mean, you can go sign anybody. And you know what I mean by that. Like, you can sign anybody that's not, uh, you know, a, uh, a defenseman, but if you can sign a forward and he regularly plays in the league, you can almost get yourself up to up to 10 or 12. So for Cousins to be at that number, really, really disappointing. I mean, if as we are here at the halfway point, we start to talk about players that have been disappointing. This team's record has been disappointing. 38 points, you double that, you're on pace for 76. Uh, the Sabres, by the way, last year at this point had 42 points. Four better, but we know they're Second half, they went together and put some incredible runs together, including that late run in March that left them just one point short of the playoffs. Here's the thing. Is there any sign that there's any capability of putting together a win streak? They came in tonight with only their second two-game win streak of the season. They had never won three in a row this year, and that still continues to be the case now. By the way, they've never beaten the Kraken either. 0-5 all time against Seattle. It's the only team in the NHL that has not beaten Seattle. Now, the Sabres obviously playing in the East. You're only going to face Seattle twice a year, so the Eastern teams are going to have less opportunities against Seattle, but in the short tenure of the Kraken franchise, the Sabres are the only team in the NHL not to have a win against them. They are 0 for 5 all time. Uh, For whatever that means, they just obviously not matching up well against that team. You know, Rob Ray talked about it during the broadcast. He said their depth is what makes them good. They don't really have the elite superstars on this team up front with their forwards, but they've got four lines that can all play and all know their role, and they stick to it, and they're relentless. And they they frustrated the Sabres, got them out of their game in the second period. The third, I thought Buffalo was better, but they could not beat Decord. And that also mirrors some of what we saw in the first when Buffalo's energy was up, their scoring opportunities were up, they could not beat them. And some nights you are going to run into a hot goaltender, and that's fine, but um, Seattle definitely in the second period seem to kind of put the clamps on and really frustrate the Sabres 
And when you're playing with a lead, that's what teams do against the Sabres this year. And also in this night, you know, you needed help from your goaltender. And on the other end, while Decord was phenomenal, Levi was not. And, you know, I'm not saying Devin Levi is the reason they lost this game. I don't think he was – I don't think he had a good game. But um, he didn't obviously maybe keep them in it when the opportunity to do so. That goal highlight we just heard from Beneers, to me, like that's – you know, that was the worst of the group there. He's got to stop that one. Uh, but in the end, maybe it doesn't matter. I mean, Buffalo couldn't score. They end up with just two at the end of this night. Uh, but, yeah, more at the halfway point kind of topic here. Um, yes, they went on an incredible run last year. Could it happen again? Sure. I mean, I, the uh, the evidence in front of me through 41 games, though, would say no, not to expect it. I know it's the same group of players, but there's just no real realm of consistency at all right now with this team. They can't put together win streaks at all. They do have five more here at home. Maybe they win the next five, and, you know, they can shut me up for a while. But I just – until I start seeing – winning on a consistent basis, points on a consistent basis, um, it's hard for really for me to buy into that argument. Also, too, even just part of the NHL, the way the setup is, you got to get your loser points, your overtime loss points, um, your shootout loss points on nights where maybe you don't have your, quote, A game, or as the Sabres like to say, playing their style of game. Seattle has nine of those. They've got nine OT and shootout losses. Like, you know, that's an additional five points than what the Sabres have. Well, if you've got five more points, the Sabres would be one point out of a playoff spot, and we're having a much different conversation right now. So even just things like that, when the Sabres lose, they're not figuring out a way to get it to overtime, which eventually maybe gets to shootouts and things like that. So that's also a thing that Buffalo has been very weak at. In fact, you know, you look across the league, a lot of these teams in the East, like the Islanders, why are they in the playoffs? How are they better than Buffalo? They only have one more win they've got 18 buffalo is 17 how are the islanders with 46 and sitting in third in the metro well they have 10 of those loser points the sabers are not collecting those along the way that's you know we all know that the nhl flawed system here with the 2-1-1 kind of scoring it should be 3-2-1 whatever but um the league doesn't seem to want to change it they like all the parity they like everybody being jammed up um the sabers only have four of those through the halfway point like you've got to chip to play that game on nights when you don't have your A game, you've got to figure out a way to maybe get that point. And the Sabres haven't done a good enough job of that at, at all. And the goal differential for the Sabres continues to not be good. You know, they're third worst in the East right now. Um, take that back. Now fourth worst. Uh, Montreal, Columbus, and Washington. And uh, two of those three teams are ahead of the Sabres. But, you know, you look individually here at the halfway mark. Cousins, probably to me, if you said let's – you know, if I was going to make an individual player list of disappointments, it's Cousins. And I'm not saying that part of it maybe isn't an effort thing with him because I think he definitely gives it. I don't see many shifts where I'm sitting there saying, wow, Dylan Cousins is not giving it his all here. He's just not producing offensively. To have six goals to me, I mean, Jack Quinn has played in eight games. He has four goals. I mean, that's a he's almost two Cousins total already. You know, I middle stat's been hot and cold, but p- points-wise, he's producing. Thompson's goal total being a 12, I mean, he's on pace for 24. I mean, I'll be honest. I was thinking, hey, could he give 50 a run this year? At the very least, he's got to be at 40. He's on pace for 24. That's not good at all. So I'd put him near the top as well in terms of guys that maybe uh, – need to step up offensively the Sabres again just you know they're not scoring 
Darlene plays like an all-star, and then he, you know we have his moments where he doesn't look good. Uh, even the other night, that goal that they gave up against Montreal, Don Granato was furious about it, even though they won that game, what, 6-1. to one. He was furious about it. So he hasn't been as consistent, even though his highs are still very high. Uh, he's had some, I guess, more low moments than normal this year. Power to me, I feel like I go back and forth on his game. I feel like, all right, you know, yeah, that looks like the number one overall pick. And then there's nights where I'm thinking, like, well, he's still super young. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to be out of position. Um, Clifton's game has improved. A very poor start. He's gotten better. I still would like to see Ryan Johnson play more, but it looks like he and Eric Johnson are going to kind of be in and out at this time. Uh, Yoki Haru, for the most part, has been better than what my expectations were in coming in. And keeping him with Darlene, uh, to me, is fine uh, as a partner right there. But, you know, offensively, still, I think the Sabres still need some more offense. Skinner is bringing it. He's got 17 goals. He's on pace for 34. You know, that's about where he needs to be. All right, 5-2 the crack and win it. Here's Don Granato now live. A good play, and it seemed like Seattle wanted to maybe take the air out of the game. I mean, how are they able to do that when you, you guys played so well to start? Yeah, I think it was uh, the mistakes we made. Simple as that. I, I don't know that... I don't want to discredit them, obviously. Uh, good hockey team and, and a team that came in here hot. Uh, confident. They're very confident. So it, they, what did they have? Nine shots in the last two periods. And it was 2-2 at one point. They have nine shots the rest of the way. I think you'd take that at 2-2, especially the way we were playing at that point. And it ends up 5-2. Um, but, uh, you know, they're, they're in a stretch with them where they're very confident. Uh, and we made uh, mistakes that um, thought pressed, thought we pressed. When we gave up the third one, that was that was uh, uh, it, it, you know we just tied it on a really nice goal to start the second period, and then we forget uh, the responsibilities we have without the puck, and it ended up in our net. That's that's uh, that was disappointing. I think I think our group was a little uh, uh, deflated, and you can't be. You gotta you gotta find a way to. Uh, stay energized uh, despite. What was there something that you saw early in the game that led to the decision to move Casey between Jeff and Alex? Yeah, very first uh, shift, maybe two. I don't know what, how quick I did it, but uh, just thought it was uh, appropriate to do it. And obviously, they they scored right away. I think they scored they scored again too. Obviously, so. Uh, but yeah, I didn't like what I saw uh, the other. Set and uh, was an easy one. You, when you're around the guys, you know you, you can see every day you're with them, and, and you can see pretty quick. Uh, that one was pretty pretty easy to see. How tough was it? You didn't, you didn't get any response from Tage to that. He had no shots on goal. He only played 15 minutes. He didn't get much from him when he moved him. You know, I'm not I'm not uh, necessarily frustrated. We didn't get anything. I think he had a he had a more challenging night. Couldn't get get himself out of it and get going. Uh, he's been good for us lately, and unfortunately tonight he didn't he didn't have his game. He didn't feel the way he wanted to feel. I'm, I'm certain of that, um, and that's what happened. So you know you had we had Middlestead there, and he he, he looked uh, like he had good jump, and um, obviously you hope Tage get feels better and, and through the game. Um, I think he played with some frustration that uh, you know that, that our team plays with sometimes it's it's counterproductive um and you just have to learn to deal with that and uh, let that go a little bit uh, to get to get to your game as a team i'm talking now uh, and um 
you know, later in that game, we, we didn't do that well enough, obviously. <clears throat> maybe Owen Power reset a little bit. Is he in his own head? He hasn't quite maybe been up to his normal standards. Just like, how do you help him kind of no, get he, out of No, he, he is not. I mean, obviously, he's a much better player than, um, you know, I could say that for all these guys. They're, they're the, every single player in the league can play better. That's what you have to do. You have to find ways to play better. Um, but but for Owen, yes, he um, hasn't been as consistent at the level he's capable of right now. So not only can he get better, but I, I think you know where we've seen his his normal good level, um, he hasn't been able to get there consistent enough. Um, so yeah, you know you think of things. Is a reset good? Is it you know we talk about um, different things with different players at times. So. Um, you know, we'll we'll explore and look at uh, any possibilities, but we do know he can play better uh, from the standpoint of consistency. Is it tougher to judge Greenway's return tonight just because that line was swapped so early, so it is all kind of out of sync? Yeah, again, I, you know, I don't think Tage was himself tonight, and that that was a challenge. I thought there were elements that uh, Greenway was real good. He got some pucks, finished some hits. Um, you know, so. Um, he, he was fine on the penalty kill. We did make an error on the penalty kill. It was not him, but um, so, yeah, he's, he's still a presence in that lineup for us. What kind of message do you and Mike have for Devin after a game like that? He's only 25 games. Oof, that, that's a, that's, that was a tough game for him, um, and, it, you know, it's not something – the, the reflex is going to be it happened to him because he's young. It happens to guys that are old in this league all the time. I mean, look at around the league. Yeah, look at guys that have just gone waivers around the league. It, it happens to to anybody at any age, and uh, you you've got to reset as quick as you can. And um, he has the habits, and he's got he's resilient, and he has has good daily habits and routine that I think uh, no issue. He, he, he'll reset. Clifton and Samuelson really seemed to play well, but the rest of your decor. I mean, it was. A, a pretty diff challenging night. What do you make of just, you know, was it a, a, a matter of them pressing, trying to overcompensate for mistakes? What did the, you just see from there? There were absolute play? times they pressed, um, and other times you kind of shook your head. Um, as you described it, I would concur. Uh, you described it politely, and I'll stay with that. What's the balancing act for you with Rasmus is one of your most competitive guys, probably your most competitive guy, but... You mentioned the frustration that the team played with, and he clearly had some of that. What's the balance for him? You know, balancing the competitive. Yeah, and the you know, we've seen we've seen way worse frustration. I think there was frustration, but I'm more concerned about some of the doubt. You know, there, where, uh, and it's not doubt in your ability. It's a fear. It's more of a fear of of losing or failure, or you know, and, you, and that consumed us more than. The excitement of okay, so what? We're down, or we're down two. Look, look up and down this lineup. We can, we can score. You know, we can get after it. I mean, I don't know how long ago was we, we didn't we not score three in a game against Pittsburgh here in the third period to to win. So, you know, you on, on that night you believe you can do it. On this night, the challenge is you're 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 looking at it. Didn't feel like that belief was there and the conviction was there that you can. So yes, uh, Darlene, you could pick out spots where he was frustrated, but I think the group, that's more of it, you know, and that goes with what we say quite often, you hear it around the league, you know, coaches play without fear, play fearless and uh, aggressive and confident. And, you know, we lost that 
you know, that 100% confidence and conviction that you could come back in that game. And, um, you know, that's, to me, that, that overrides the frustration and the frustrating part of some of the guys. And uh, as, as Lance said, there's some guys who just didn't perform well, and we couldn't carry that. <laughs> you know, we had too many guys, I thought, that didn't play well to carry. And, and you know, again, you know, that, all that said, you give up nine shots in the last two periods, and it was 2-2 at that point. You give up nine the rest of the way. Um, it's, uh, it's frustrating. Line gave you some confidence tonight. Gergensen's went down low, you know, was creating some, some chances. Robinson had that chance in tight, and Krebs drew the the penalty to give you an opportunity there. Can you just talk about uh, what they brought tonight with the energy? Yeah, they 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 did provide energy. They had good jump. Um, they obviously the other night scored a big goal for us in the same realm of energy and, and pressure. Uh, Zemgis is is so good. He's 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 you know, it's from a from a forechecking standpoint from. Puck pressure standpoint, he's he's one of the, he, he's he's one of our best, if not our best, at that. And uh, he was effective tonight. And you're right, Robinson had good jump as well. And and Krebsy had had moments of, of good. And um, you know, I didn't like our first goal against and uh, some of the what happened there. But uh, but yeah, that line as a as a line was was not any issue for me tonight in, in regard to energy. Thanks, All right, that is Sabers head coach Don Granado following the 5-2 victory by the Seattle Kraken over his Buffalo Sabres as we bring it back up here to the press box on the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Good news, no injuries for Don Granato to talk about, so our injury report still is just at Kyle Oposo with a lower body injury. Victor Olofsson was one of the scratches as well. He's out right now. Um, Don Granato said kind of just recovering from an illness but uh, feeling better. The other scratch tonight was Ryan Johnson. That was just a healthy scratch, so... Uh, as far as we know, no injuries reported in this game. So that is good news. Injury report brought to you by Losi and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. Shots ended up 38-26 to 26 in favor of the Sabres. So you're out shooting by 12. Uh, and, you know, as Don Grano said, the Seattle did not get many shots in the second and the third. Five in the second, and three of them went in. One's a breakaway. Levi's there. It trickles off his glove and goes in. Obviously, you'd, you know, you'd love for that to stay. Uh, the the goal from Schwartz, the fourth one, it's a point shot, and he tips it in. And then Beniers, to me, that's the goal that you know Levi's got to have there. He's down low in the circle on a bad angle and shoots it in, and uh, that puts Seattle up 5-2. And that, that really feel like, all right, that was the nail in the coffin. Seattle just plays too disciplined and too well as a team that you are going to be able to come back from a three-goal deficit with only uh, one period to go. Uh, so that's how the shots ended up. Again, the uh, not many special teams notes for tonight's game, other than the fact Seattle did score their second goal there from Dunn at the end of the first period, toward the end of the first there, uh, when Yoki Haru went for slashing. There was one penalty in the first, one penalty in the third, one for each team. That's it. Kraken one of one on the power play. Sabres zero of one. In net... Joey Decord gets the win with 37 saves. Devin Levi the loss with 21 saves. Your three stars are all from the visiting team. Will Borgen, the former Sabre property there, star number three. He had an assist in this one. Jaden Schwartz with a goal and an assist, star number two. And Joey Decord in net, star number one. I thought he was definitely Seattle's best player tonight. And Joey Decord is our electric player of the game. 
Brought to you by Town Ford. When you think Ford, think Town Ford. The announced attendance tonight here at KeyBank Center was 14,628. 14,628. And the Sabres will go to game two of this six-game homestand Thursday night, Ottawa. 7 o'clock puck drop. We'll have it for you right here on the Sabres radio network. Uh, and then on Saturday, a 4 o'clock game right here on WGR with Vancouver in town. And uh, for all of you listening on our flagship station in Buffalo, uh, we've got some extra exciting programming coming your way on that Saturday. Uh, obviously, Bills, Steelers, big playoff game this weekend. Our Saturday is filled with good stuff. Uh, Sports Talk Saturday is going to start early uh, with Zach Jones. Zach's going to be on from uh, 10 uh, our Sports Talk Saturday is going to go from 10 to 3 uh, with Zach Jones and Derek Kramer. So five-hour Sports Talk Saturday starting at 10 a.m. up until 3. Uh, and then I'll be here with pregame along with Pat and Paul. Uh, we'll get the Sabres pregame show going at 3 o'clock, taking you up until face-off at 4. Dan and Rob will have the call starting at 4. Pat and I will have and Paul will, and I will have our normal postgame show uh, up until uh, pregame coverage starts for the Dolphins and the Chiefs which uh, will be courtesy of Westwood One, Kevin Harlan, and Ross Tucker, who, of course, appears on our flagship station uh, each week. Appeared today with the Bulldog at 5 o'clock. If you want to hear that on our on-demand audio section, uh, good interview there. Check it out, WGR550.com. And then, of course, on Sunday on WGR, all bills all day, starting at 7 a.m. Uh, all day long. You know the drill uh, on a game day with kickoff at 1 with the Bills and the Steelers here uh, on WGR. So that's what the... Lineup looks like for the weekend here on WGR, but the next broadcast will be Thursday, Sabres and Senators here at 7. All right, let's head down to the media room now and bring in Paul Hamilton on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Paul, this game had such promise. The first period was one of the best first periods we've seen from this team. The only problem was they trailed, and I think you know that was kind of our conversation uh, during the first intermission was how would they react to playing almost as good as they've had but also being down and Don Granado seemed to think that they uh, they didn't really handle that quite well coming out to start the second. Yeah, I don't think they played a full first period. I think the first 13 to 14 minutes were the best I'd seen the Sabres play all year. I think they just carried the play and skated well, and all of a sudden Seattle decided, wait a minute, no, we're not playing that way. We're going to play our way. And it frustrated the Sabres that they took the air out of the game. And it's a horrible matchup for the Sabres. It has been for five games. They can't play the way Seattle plays. And they, they have no answers for it. And they get frustrated with it. And they start making mistakes. And you saw what happened. And it happened about the 15-minute mark of the first period. And it went from there. And um, I really, you know, it's it's just one of those things where, Coming into this game, I thought this is going to be a hard lift for them because they just do not match up against this team. And this team, you know, has a seven-game winning streak, an 11-game point streak. So they're playing well. Their goaltender stole them the, the first 13 minutes of the game. The Sabres easily could have been up four, easily. And he stood on his head, made great saves, frustrated them. They only got one goal out of it, and you saw the rest. Yep. Well, we know Joey Decord, if – Fans didn't know who he was from following the Kraken's good players of late, Paul. Now they know who he is. Um, a piece of tonight's game, you have to give credit to the Seattle goalie. 
Oh, there's no question. I mean, uh, he's the number one star of this game. If it wasn't for him in the first 13 minutes of the game, look out. I mean, as I said, what if the Sabres are ahead 4 nothing? which against a lot of goalies they would have been. Uh, but uh, he, they had some grade-A chances. And look at the save he made. And now, a little bit, a lot of it, too, was Alex Tuck mishit the puck. But shorthanded breakaway by Alex Tuck. The score is 1-1. He actually makes the move and opens up the five hole. It's there. And he mishit the puck and put it into Decord's pad. So he gets a great save on that play. But he, he mishit it. If he hit it right where he wanted to put it in the five hole, that's in the net. And it's 2-1 Buffalo. Seattle comes down. The Sabres make a mistake. It's in their net. They get the power play goal. And now you leave the first period uh, you know, down 2-1 to one when you had a 17-7 to seven shots advantage. And in the last five minutes, Seattle had eight shots, and Buffalo had two and took the game over. Paul Hamilton down in the Sabres media room. Brian Colsey up here in the press box. 5-2, Seattle wins it. Um, Paul, how about just, I guess, overall, Devin Levi's uh, game tonight? We know, you know, not his best effort. Not coming off of one of his best in Montreal. Um, Don Granato was saying, look, the first thing to react, people are going to say, is, well, he's so young. But he says this happens to everybody. So, you know, I guess maybe um, is that something that we should is, – is that him saying, like, hey, we should let him off the hook because he's young or not let him off the hook because it happens to everybody? No, he's just saying yeah. – he's not saying don't use the excuse he's a young goalie and this happens to young goalies. It happens to everybody. Yeah. Um, it wasn't his night. Simple as that. And that 6-1 to one game in Montreal was his best game of the year probably his best game in the NHL. He was phenomenal in that game, made over 30 saves. And uh, Buffalo, they all played well and won 6-1. to one. And this was not his night. On the power play goal, he came across. He way overplayed it. And he was per- first of all, he's on, his, on, his, on the goal line, and he way overplayed it, left a lot of the net on the far side open. Um, the Benear shot, that absolutely can't go in the net. That's just a shot from the circle coming down and went through him. And even the breakaway. The breakaway is one where he comes in, makes the move, but he's kind of off to the side a little bit, which help, should help the goaltender. And you, you can really use a big save there on the Weinberg breakaway. And so there's three right there where it just was not his night, but you can't put it on him. It's a 5-2 game. Uh, whether he plays well or not, I'm not sure Buffalo wins that hockey game. Well, Paul, we've officially now reached the halfway point. Through 41 games, the Sabres' record is 17-20-4. and 38 points. So times two, that would put them at 76. We know that's nowhere near where it needs to be if you're thinking about playoffs. Last year, they finished with 91 points. So that would be 15 points under what they're projected. Now, last year... They weren't that far off. They were at 42 points at this halfway mark. They obviously had a really nice second half. Um, the consistency, though, or I should say the inconsistency of this team, to think that they can just do that again, like I, I can't buy into that argument. I don't know where you think that is here as we are at the halfway point. Well, they've put themselves in a position where every loss is a disaster. You know, and, and you know, it's like, well, you can't lose the game. You can't lose the game. Well, you're not going to win every single game. When I looked at this homestand, this was not a game that I put in the win column for the Sabres. I was thinking probably a 4-2 and two homestand is maybe the best you can 
four, maybe four, one and one, possibly. But, you know, the Vancouver Canucks are coming on Saturday, too. So I was thinking basically a four and two homestand is successful. But this is a good hockey team that they just played. They don't match up well against them. They are now 0-5 in their existence against them in only one game. Uh, the one that was actually a year ago today was a 4-3 game. The rest of them were basically blowouts. Uh, they, they just do not match up against this team. and They don't play well against them because of it. They get frustrated with them. And uh, they, they, they don't get to their game. And they got to that. I think that's what makes it more frustrating if you're a Sabre or a Sabre fan is you did get to your game right off the bat. You know, it wasn't one of those games where you have a horrible start. I mean, that for 13 minutes, I think that's the best hockey I've seen them play. And they were just all over them. The goaltender made great saves. They had great A opportunities. They're hitting posts. They're in on breakaways. They're, 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 they're going to the net. They're doing all the things you want them to do, but they only scored one. And Seattle's a good enough team where they can just put a stop to it. And they said, wait a minute, what are we doing here? We, we can't play like this. If we play like this, they are going to beat us. And they, they started playing their game. And they got to their game in an awful big hurry. And by doing that, the Sabres got choked off. Even when they scored right away in the first 50 seconds of the second period, wouldn't you think that would give them the lift to make it 2-2? No. It was at 2:08. they're behind again on that, on that breakaway. Again, you need a save there. Uh, on that breakaway, especially the way it, it developed. But, again, why was there a breakaway? Look, look, forget about the breakaway. Look at all the mistakes that led to the breakaway that, that lets them go in, and there was just too many mistakes. It's hard to win a hockey game when only two of your defensemen play well. Okay, Paul, thank you for your work tonight. We've got five more in a row here at home, so we will see you here Thursday for Ottawa. Okay, we'll see you then. Okay, great. Paul Hamilton, thank you. Here on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. 5-2 Seattle wins it. Again, the Sabres at the halfway point. 38 points on pace for 76. We know a lot of improvement is needed in the second half if we are going to be having postgame shows in March and April where we are talking about playoff race. All right, timeout. Pat's scoreboard and the standings and your tweets coming your way. If you want to send me your thoughts, you can do so at WGR. Uh, as we roll on here from KeyBank Center. 5-2, Seattle wins it. Back with more Upstate Honda Dealers postgame from KeyBank Center on the Buffalo Sabres radio network. You're listening to the Buffalo Sabres radio network. And clear it, though. Kept it at the line. Now turned over. Potential breakaway for Alex Tuck. He's on a break against DeCorn Tucks. Can't slide it through the five hole. Alex Tuck, clean breakaway with an opportunity there to give the Sabres the lead back while it was 1-1, but DeCord coming up big. That is your save of the game, brought to you by your Upstate Honda dealers. To see the exciting all-new Honda lineup, visit your local Upstate Honda dealers today. Welcome back here to KeyBank Center in the press box on our Upstate Honda dealers postgame. Brian Colziel with you. Thanks to Paul Hamilton for joining us last segment. Going to bring in Pat Malacaro now, check our scores, and then after that we'll... 
talk about the standings as the Sabres unable to get any points tonight in this regulation loss. Let's go around the league. Here's Pat. Thanks, Brian. It's once again brought to you by Alex's Place in Batavia. Oh, man, now I want ribs. And we'll start in St. Louis where the Panthers lead the Blues 4-1, to one, eight minutes to go in the third period. Former Sabres Sam Reinhardt is 29th of the season. Matthew Kachuk, a pair of he now has 10 on the year as well. The Ducks with a 5-0 lead over the Predators, 10.52 to go in the third period. For Anaheim, of note, Trevor Zegras injured and uh, will not return to the game tonight, something to keep an eye on for the Ducks down the road. Also, the Jets, a 5-0 lead over Columbus, 6.35 to go in the third stanza there. Through 40 minutes in Chicago, the Oilers lead the Blackhawks 2-1. Connor McDavid, 15th goal of the season. Leon Dreisettle has 19, as that has helped the Oilers to that 2-1 lead. Flames and Senators tied at two midway through the game in Calgary, while David Pasternak's 25th of the season, the only goal between the Bruins and the Coyotes. Boston leads 1-0 in the second. A couple of finals from tonight include a 7-1 shellacking by the Maple Leafs over the Sharks. Mitch Marner, a couple of goals and two assists. Jake McCabe, three points in the win as well. Tampa Bay in overtime defeat the Kings 3-2. It was the Canucks. 5-2 winners over the Islanders as well. Elias Pedersen, another goal for Vancouver in that victory. one note from local college basketball as well. Just up the street in Amherst tonight, it was Miami of Ohio 86, UB 65. The Bulls fall to now 1-2 in the Mid-American Conference. Brian. Thanks, Pat. Well, Pat, last year, here's a little comparison. I know I kind of gave a little with Paul, but just to give a little bit more. So at game 41 last year, the Sabres were 21 18 and 2. 40, uh, 44 points at that point. Yes. 21, 18 and 2. 44 points. This year, 17, 20 and 4. 38 points. So they are six points less. Also, they were at this moment, they're six out of a playoff spot. I'm sorry. They're seven out of a playoff spot as of this moment. Whereas last year, they were five out of a playoff spot and only one team to vault. That was just Pittsburgh. This year, one, two, three, four, five, five teams to get. That's the difference to me. Yeah. Not only if if you include that over those two overtime losses, right? Or how it was 21-18 and two. Yeah, last year. Yeah. So the Sabers were essentially a game over five hundred. You do get two loser points in there. Right. But that had you feeling good because they were scoring a lot of goals. They were getting good enough goaltending. They were playing well, and they were a game above five hundred. And like you said, all they had to do was vault one team even though it was a five-point deficit to overcome, this year not only is it seven points, but you have to leap. So many other teams have to make mistakes in front of you to leapfrog them just to get to Tampa Bay. You've got to climb teams that have beaten you in regulation this year. Also, just looking at the date last year where they were at game 41, the Sabres had games in hand on everybody in front of them. Some of them maybe just one or two. Mm -hmm. But this year, the Sabres through 41 games, Everyone above them right now in that wild card race has less games played. Tampa does have 42, one more. They're the one that's holding wild card too. But that's also, I mean, just, you know, all these teams, you are not. You can't expect them to lose all those games in hand too. So some of these teams will be even more ahead of you. Um, the point being here is they're in a much, much, they're in a slightly worse spot than they were last year. But the signs of maybe going on these runs where you have to win four out of five, or as Paul said, maybe the rest of this trip, uh, this home stand here is a 4-1-1. One, and one. There's no sign that that's coming. They've never had more than a two-game win streak, and that's only happened twice. Yeah, and most recently just leading into this game. So 
this is imperative. You're now getting to the point you're on the other side of the hill, so to speak. So you've 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 reached the halfway point. Now you're coming down the other side. You need to start picking up points, whether it's a loser point here or there. You just cannot keep having empty uh, point totals. Uh, so, you know, tonight I thought Jeff Skinner was right. This team can get to another gear. Yes, Joey Decord played well and, and kept this a scoreless game or a one nothing Sabre lead for a long time that allowed Seattle to get back into it. But there was plenty of other time that the Sabres, uh, especially that third period, is, you can look at that when they really pressed the play uh, against Seattle. They have another gear that we've seen in the past. Was last year the outlier, something we talked about before? Maybe. But we know this team is capable of not only putting together good periods, but actually putting the puck in the net, scoring. And, you know, right now, it just you, you laid it out in that opening segment of postgame, you know, how you just do not expect so many players to have such low goal totals at the midway point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I we could go through the list again there, but there's just – there's just too many guys that are underachieving that need to score goals that are on the Sabres' top two lines, and they're not. I mean, other than Skinner, everybody is, to me, less than where they need to be. Yeah, and I think for Alex Tuck, some of it has to do with injuries this year, but yep. 11 goals for him, you know, th that's right about probably the pace uh, had he played all the games to this point of the season that you probably would expect him to be on. So, But those are only two two players right there, and I know those are two big pieces that were the off part of the offensive output last year, but... You look at the other part, Jack Quinn's been out up until a couple of weeks ago. So, But he's contributed four goals in, in the now nine games that he's played. So that's some of the scoring that you were missing over this really the first half of the year. Yeah, Cousins to me is at the top there. Right. Paterka has 12 goals. That's a good number, I guess I would say. But the chances he's creating, he's probably thinking he should have a lot more. Like to be, And this is a compliment of Paterka. I think he's played well enough. He could be at 20 right now. Mm -hmm. I really do. Yeah, and you you did not expect Tage Thompson to be under 20 goals at the midway point of the se season. Even if you didn't think he could reach last year's pace, like right. you said, you expect him to be at least a 40-goal player, if not higher. Now, he can get there still with a good second half, but you didn't expect him to struggle as much as he did uh, over this first 41 games. Yeah, and he obviously was out, too, for some weeks with an injury. So that 12 goal tender, 12, 12 goal total is a little misleading, uh, in the sense that he hasn't reached 41 games yet. He still has 10 more to go, uh, so maybe he's at 15 or 16 by the time he hits his 41st game, and then you could, you know, kind of project. Well, maybe he'd be in the low 30s, but I mean, probably mid 40s is where he needs to be. And also with what he was rewarded with, you know, with that contract, as was Cousins. And, uh, you know, we've already talked about the inconsistencies on defense. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the Sabres have an uphill climb here for the second half for sure. That's our look at the NHL standings brought to you by Native Pride and Tall Chief Cigars. Stand tall with Native Pride. All right, let's read some tweets here. You can send me your thoughts after each and every game at Brian WGR. Okay, um, let's talk a little bit about uh, what some fans are saying here. Um, CJ says, how counterproductive is it to overcoach and constantly tinker with lines players need familiarity and to know each other's tendencies so we know tonight he didn't like Tage Thompson he said it right away he's like I didn't like it I want to move him out of there and he thought it would give him a spark and he said under you know it, it never came Thompson in the game ends up with zero shots yeah I mean that's for him even when he's having not his best night for him to have zero shots Something was not right with him tonight. Right. Now, 
the flip side of that coin is Casey Middlestack goes up to that top line and he performed well. Right. You look at the six points between the goal and the two assists on both of those goals, and it's Jeff Skinner, Alex Tuck, and Casey Middlestat all having two points in the game. A goal and a, a, a Middlestat ends up with two assists for Tuck and Skinner each have a goal. So that change certainly worked to the Sabres' advantage. It just goes to show you that Thompson struggles right now, I think. Yes. But as I'll read the next tweet here, you can't have this then either. Um, next tweet in here from uh, Petty Officer Nobody says, terrible season, but no accountability, no consequences from the coaching staff that inspires no confidence. Well, Don Granado didn't like what he saw right away and said, Tage, you're down with Greenway and Benson. Middle set, you're up. So you can't have both. You can't right. say... You can't say stop moving guys with the lines, but if you see a mistake and you hold them accountable for it and you move them down or move them to hope to wake them up, you can't have both. We can't hear sit here and say, well, you know, Granado's not holding guys accountable, and at the same time you're saying don't switch up lines. Well, it's can't argue both of those, I guess. Right. Like, to, you know, it's not the same person, by the way. I just want to right, <laughs> two different tweeters right. just showing both sides of that, yeah. And the other part of it, too, is it's an 82-game season. How many times do you sit here, uh, w- whether it was different coaches, uh, mid-game, they would change the lines a couple of times just to try and shake things up uh, f- because they didn't like what they were seeing. So uh, this isn't unique to Don Granato either, I think is my point, is you know, this is what coaches do over the, a long season to try and just really see if they can find some, some instant chemistry or something in those couple of moments or shifts or games or whatever it is. Gary says, in the NHL, can you imagine what other team in the league would keep their coach after a 15-point regression if they stay on pace for 76 points in a year that they were supposed to make the playoffs? He says only the Sabres. Now, I'll, I'll agree. I'm, I won't say every team, but I'll say most teams in the league, because it's the NHL and coaching changes happen a lot, um, that argument I will agree with. The league makes coaching changes more frequently than any other sport does of the big four. It does. I guess the question becomes, do you think Don Granato has built enough slack to, to, to warrant him trying to coach this team out of it? I believe so. I believe over what he's done since taking over, even back in that 2021 season, is enough to give him the leeway to say, all right, you try and, you try and get this team out of it. I understand your, the point that the tweet and exactly what you're saying. I, I understand it, and it's worked for teams. Uh, but I just, I really do think, and I, I believe that Don Granado has done enough that it warrants allowing him to see this through, and then at the end of the season, you can evaluate where this team is at. Yeah, I think that's well said. I would not make, I would not, I don't think firing Don Granado tonight or at any point here in this season does anything for this team. I And I agree with you. I think he's done a lot of good. He has put a lot of guys to be playing their best hockey of their career. Now, maybe not at this moment, but last season or earlier this season, or some of them are playing their best hockey of their career right now. Um, I think the point where I would not consider a serious coaching change at this moment. Now, if January and February are awful, or if January is awful and, you know, they go one and eight in their next nine, well, because it's the NHL, you might have to think about it. But I, I am not in favor of that. I understand though why fans are thinking that because in the NHL, that's just what teams do quite a bit. All right, that is our tweets. Thanks for sending them in at Brian WGR. Our Serve Pro first response from the fans. Serve Pro 
Of Central Buffalo's team, Luzzy, responds first and faster to any size disaster. All right, so five more games here on this trip. Pat, Ottawa feels like a must-have to show that you can put this loss behind you and rebound. They're dead last in the East. You lose this one on home ice. It's not going to be a good feeling walking out of here after that one. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the few teams in your rearview mirror that you just cannot afford to give points to because we've talked about it so much. Ottawa has played six fewer games than the Sabres as of tonight. Even if they pick up half those points, they've gotten within striking distance of you regardless of Thursday. So that's the game you need to win and win in regulation. Keep Ottawa, push them further in your rearview mirror. I would agree. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Brian. All right, we'll have pregame at 6, and by we I mean Chopin the Bulldog, and then we'll step in at about 6.45 here from KeyBank Center. Game two of a six-game uh, homestand coming up uh, with you on Thursday night. And then don't forget Saturday, Vancouver is at 4, part of our big weekend lineup here, getting you ready for Bills and Steelers on Sunday. And then Monday, if you got tickets for San Jose, don't forget it's a 1 o'clock game for MLK Day, so uh, an early game uh, with the kiddos off of school. All right, that'll do it for our coverage here tonight on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. I want to thank TJ Luckman, our network producer back in our Amherst studios, our crew here at KeyBank Center, Pat Malacaro, Jonathan Cozio, Paul Hamilton, Tom Maddy, our engineer. Our pregame show host was the Bulldog tonight, and our game announcers were Dan Dunleavy and Bob Ray. I'm Brian Colziel. Thank you for listening. The final again, Kraken beat the Sabres 5-2. We'll see you here Thursday with the Senators in town right here on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Good night, everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.